Hello, and welcome to the Odd Topic Podcast. Here, as always, are your hosts, Luke and Brett. Okay, roll the episode. Brett, we all have fears. I've got fears. You've got fears. It's a part of life, and I mean, something we've spoken a lot about before. But you know what else we've spoken about before? Death. <laughs> yeah, we have touched on that once or twice. We speak a lot about death, actually, in a variety of mysterious and unusual ways. And I guess for a podcast that's hosted by two pretty cheerful guys, we can be quite morbid. <laughs> well, another thing we talk about are mysterious and spooky places. So what happens when we couple all three things? Fear, death, and spooky places. Well, catacombs comes to mind, doesn't it? (laughs) That's right. For this week's episode, we will be covering some of the really, really creepy catacombs all around the world. It is generally assumed that the catacombs are an ancient Rome thing, but they're actually pretty prevalent everywhere. I know mine's not in ancient Rome. I don't think yours is either. No, it isn't. But I mean, Rome does come up a lot. Yeah, because they mostly started with a bit of religious significance. Yeah. And Rome as a whole. Well, Obviously. Roman Catholic. Yes. So. <laughs> it's actually crazy on how much Rome does come up with that. Yeah. I mean, they're not the first, as far as I know. Almost every culture and place had catacombs of some kind. Yeah. A lot of cultures sort of stored all their dead in one burial site. Yes. Right. But that's not usually an underground catacomb. Yeah. I think that's where the difference lies. Fair enough. But, yeah. I want to start off by saying that catacombs occupy a pretty strange space in our general consciousness. They have some really religious significance, as we just said. So in some sense, I suppose they are holy. Yet they are generally known to be cold, dark, and all around terrifying. There have been a few movies and stories done about catacombs, like, well, As Above, So Below which is really famous, and I quite enjoyed it, actually. Freaked me the hell out. In a good way. I liked it. Okay. But uh, (laughs) I feel like as a topic for the horror genre, it's kind of been overlooked. True. If you think about it, there's like one notable movie and maybe a couple of creepypastas, I guess. But I've seen stuff done on it, but you're right. There's no like AAA movie. Yeah, compared to something else. Yeah. Let's unpack this a little bit so you get what I mean when I say it's quite overlooked. I mean, catacombs, obviously, all about death, right? So already there's a creepy death aura about it. Then there's the claustrophobia element. You know, no easy way out, which is freaky. You can get lost and all that kind of stuff. Now add the darkness inside there, the pitch black darkness. Yeah. Sure, maybe some of a candle or two in the olden days, but who's lighting those things there? (laughs) (laughs) Reminds me of those... uh old movie uncovering this deep dark cave that's never been opened and like all the lanterns are lit yeah as they walk in there's really candles <laughs> yeah, like, what's up with that <laughs> so and of course the the age in general catacombs are always old yeah no one's making new catacombs no one's filling catacombs anymore well intentionally <laughs> there's also like the feeling that maybe you're not the only one there yeah kind of like as above so below vibes i think what makes it so much worse is you're in a place like you said dark damp dingy yeah And you get like the slight breeze coming through from whatever angle you don't know. You hear a noise. It's so eerie. And there's going to be crazy echoes. So you hear like a mouse down there and it sounds like a person walking over here. Also what I've heard is it is so dead quiet that you just start freaking yourself out. Yeah, that too. Yeah. It's a recipe for disaster, man. It really really is. is. There's just an untold amount of scariness, I guess. (laughs) It's, It's horrifying. It's horrifying. 
It really freaks me out. In a lot of our things, we always say, and we'll go visit one day. Not catacombs. <laughs> not catacombs, man. I mean, I'm scared just talking about <laughs> it. But we face our fears on this podcast. So I'm going to kick us off by talking about arguably the most famous catacombs in the world, the Catacombs of Paris. Now, Brett, Paris had a problem, a corpse problem. Too many corpses? Too many corpses. The cemeteries in Paris were getting too full of dead guys that it was becoming like a really serious issue. They were also not really away from the populace as they usually are. So the cemeteries are kind of in a very, well, started off as being in a very central point of Paris. Over time, they sort of just became one large burial ground. There are different cemeteries there, but they're all kind of in one area. And the problem was they were getting so full that the bodies were just eventually getting buried on top of each other. Oh, wow. And there was just a huge volume of bodies and they didn't know what to do with them. So they would even exhume some of the bones and stack them on top of each other and build kind of structures. That sounds creepy. And like sort of pack them into the dirt and things like that. But it was getting out of control. The government did try to put limitations on burials in the area, but this proved ineffective. This is sort of... Before the time of cremation. It sounds like it. I was so, going to say, what about cremation? Yeah, this wasn't really a, a religious thing. Yeah, you had to bury in. Yeah, and, fair enough. I guess we have spoken time and time again about different beliefs in a way. Yeah. Like your path from death to the afterworld or whatever has to be the specific thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah but I didn't think that was building structures out of bones, but hey, no. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but imagine you owned a house next to the cemetery. Well, somebody did. Yeah. And in 1780, their basement caved in and a wall of corpses and bones smashed into their house. I would probably half die or move. Yeah, it's just too much. So this was the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. And it was finally time to find a solution to this everlasting problem. The government then forbid all access to cemeteries and there was no more on-site burials to be done. All burials from this point onwards had to be done outside of the city. Fair enough. For now. It was time for a plan. So King Louis XVI commissioned a team of investigators to analyze the state of the old stone quarries which ran under Paris. This team was called the Inspection of Mines Service. It had some other French name, but I cannot pronounce it. <laughs> so that's the translation. I hope the French version is cooler sounding than the translation. <laughs> all of the words in all of my research were really cool sounding. Nice. English ones kind of suck. Anyway. <laughs> It was Les something or other. Yeah, I think maybe just French in general has that cool <laughs> sound to it. <laughs> and I'm saying Les, probably Le, you know. Probably is. Whatever. Now, some of these quarries or mines were still in use and some weren't. Some were sort of now just used as supports for the city above. But the general idea was to begin moving the dead to these underground areas that are no longer being used, starting at the entrance of the mines. Over time, the mining activity is sort of moved on while the tunnels were being filled with the dead behind them. This continued on and on until no more mining activities were happening and the tunnels, which now I guess were catacombs, were filled to the brim with the dead. The catacombs ended up being a string of tunnels connected to various rooms or ossuaries extending south from the former city gate, now known as the Gates of Hell. Cast your mind back to a couple of seconds ago, Brett, when I said the word ossuary. I did not know what that word was. Me neither. I learned a new word. Cool. So, yay me. <laughs> An ossuary. Ossuary. I'm probably saying it wrong. <laughs> I'm saying a cassowary like it's a bird from Australia. I was about to say, I'm not going to correct you. I'm just going to go with what you say. <laughs> it's like estuary, but 
ossuary, I suppose. So it's basically a room where the bones of the dead are kept. So I suppose the catacombs are really a group of ossuaries and crypts, all linked together via long tunnels. Cool. Anyway, back to the story. So, the dead inside the catacombs were basically just kind of scattered around in whatever way, but in 1810, the director of the Mine Inspection Service, Louis Etienne, decided to jazz it up a bit and make it a visitable mausoleum. Jazz it up a little bit. Jazz it up with some skulls. <laughs> you want to really tie this room together? <laughs> Who? I mean, okay, okay, we'll, we'll get to that. So this was done by stacking the remains of the dead into various ways, making walls of skulls, arches, pillars, and all kinds of things out of bones. I mean, we, we must just say this now. The reason why we keep saying skulls is when you look at the pictures, it's literally walls of skulls. The walls, bones are like packed behind them. Floor to ceiling of skulls. Yeah. And that is literally the foundation of what's holding the place together. Correct. It is horrifying. Yeah. Imagine you're playing a video game or... I don't know, in some kind of weird hellscape. I mean, this is what hell looks like. I mean, this is what I would imagine it being like. It um, is. Still not visiting there. That's no, all. just listeners, do yourselves a favor and just take a look at a picture or two to kind of get what I'm saying. Yeah. And you'll see how just downright creepy it is. Or just watch As Above, So Below. Or do that. And you will never, ever want to go there. <laughs> oh, man, it's creepy stuff. So where does this leave us in the modern era, though? Well, let's just say the catacombs have had their uses. In World War II, the Nazis actually established a bunker in the Paris catacombs, which is, I guess, pretty fitting. You know, being murderers and all. <laughs> in 2004, in 2004, Paris police actually found a fully equipped movie theater with a snack bar, drinks, what? projectors, a fully loaded like drinks bar as well, Damn. and everything. So a group by the name of Les UX or Les UX took responsibility and they said that they would play classic horror movies for people there and charge them a fee. And I guess I see the appeal. I mean, come on. Don't go to the creepiest place on earth to watch something creepy and then still expect to walk out <laughs> not feeling like you've just basically touched hell. Yeah. Imagine watching As Above, So Below this. And <laughs> no, like, okay. no, no, no. And then like <laughs> in the background, the light just flickers off and then the projector shuts down. Yeah. In that moment, I would die. I would get into a small little ball and I would die. <laughs> to be honest with you, I kind of want to go. There's a part of me that's like that plankton meme going, yes. <laughs> I would be standing at the end of the meme, bye. <laughs> I just need my next thrill, man. <laughs> like Dude, an addict. Go shark cage diving or something. <laughs> so in 2014, as we were just mentioning, the movie As Above, So Below was released which was actually shot and recorded in the catacombs after receiving special permission from the government. Cool. Which makes it exceptionally even more cool. I mean, it's a good tourist thing for them. Yeah. Well, look, that's kind of what it's become lately. In 2015, Airbnb did a publicity stunt and paid 350,000 euro to the government to rent out a section of the catacombs for the night, where they held a competition for two people to win a full night's stay in the catacombs. They hooked them up with nice beds and stuff, but they had to spend the night in the catacombs. You can put a bed in any place you like. It is still a room covered in skulls. Yeah. Well, I suppose one could say you can put a bed anywhere you like and someone will make an Airbnb out of it. <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> so this was pretty controversial, as I'm sure you can imagine. Okay. So now that you've got the history and some more modern shenanigans under your belt, are you still afraid? Yes. Maybe not. Okay, De well. Definitely still afraid. 
Well, I, th- I thought I'd brought you down to earth a little bit. Their walls are made there's of history, souls. There's there's some jerks. Yeah, okay. There's still a lot to be spooked out about here. With over six million dead bodies, you can bet your last shred of dignity that if any place in the world is truly haunted, it's the Paris catacombs. And although a lot of it is viewable to the public and it's become somewhat touristy, there are still large sections of the catacombs that remain untouched and unexplored for years, being completely inaccessible to the public. This, of course, hasn't stopped thrill seekers, but this has resulted in many cases of people going missing completely, never to be seen again. It's also rumored to be the site of numerous satanic rituals and black masses, and the home of many ghosts and zombies and strange corpse-devouring creatures. I've also heard that it's a neo-Nazi hangout, but, you know. (laughs) Wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, that's enough of that. All I can say is, thanks, Paris. I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the worst thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Brett, what do you got? Luke, I've always had an interest in Soviet-era history. There are just aspects that seem so out of place and images that are so creepy that it instinctively makes you want to read more about it. In saying this, I always see these random YouTube videos of guys hanging down into these labyrinth pipelines and tunnels. It was always interesting to watch, but I never really knew much about why they were there and what their story was. Yeah. So thank you for this topic. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime, pal. <laughs> when you say an interest in Soviet era stuff, I kind of think of Chernobyl-esque times, or are we talking about pre-that? We're talking World War II. Okay. Because I don't have to that. <laughs> <laughs> basically just more excuses to research soviet union things and today more specifically the odessa catacombs of ukraine Now, I need to clear something up before I get into this. Okay. Catacombs, by definition, are grave sites and tombs meant for burying, as yeah. we kind of went through Usually, your that's story. the general function. Correct. The Odessa catacombs were never intended to house the deceased. Throughout the years, they have become home to a lot of bodies. Like accidentally? Pretty much. Okay. And are thus now classified as catacombs, but their history is much more vast. And it okay. makes them fairly unique when it comes to the catacomb theme. So, comprised of over 2,000 kilometers worth of tunnels and passages, with over 1,000 entrances strewn across the city and a total depth of 60 meters below the surface, the Odessa catacombs are some of the largest in the world. That is horrifying. It's terrifying. You could just be going out for a hike. Hey, there's a cool cave. Boom, catacomb. Correct. The entrances are so heavily guarded because of that. Because kids, after parties and all that, are like... Yeah. He has a random entrance. I'm going to go and do drugs in and would basically (laughs) just get lost. No one does drugs in the Ukraine. Nah, definitely not. So much like yours, the catacombs were originally built as mines for limestone and a substance called kakina, which I'd never really heard much about. It's a sedimentary rock. Kind of looks like sandstone. Right. The catacombs grew as the population and demand for building materials did. And as years went on, the tunnels were soon taken over by local smugglers who widened the passengers and extended its reach. Oh, damn smugglers. I don't know why, but smugglers always have this thing of whatever they have to do must go deeper into the land. 
Oh, they're just like, using it as hideouts. Hideouts, basically. Okay. I mean, who's going to go and look for them in there? I wouldn't. You hide there. I don't care. I want to be a smuggler. I want that on my resume. And smuggle what? I don't know. Just professional smuggler. <laughs> you know? Much like yours during World War II and the Cold War, these were used as bomb shelters to protect civilians from nuclear and gas attacks. Fast forward a few years, and the catacombs are now home to decaying bodies, remnants of old Soviet war equipment, and the remains of years of drawings, paintings, and shrines left by explorers. This goes back to the whole okay. Satanistic thing. All right. People do weird things in dark holes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it, but it seems to be a I common guess theme. it's human nature. I don't know. Um, (laughs) whenever you look at photos of any catacomb and i went through a few of these while we were busy researching and all of them seem to have what looks like some sort of demonic thing like someone was actually trying to decode a lot of the sayings okay half of them are just swear words oh fantastic i mean what makes a guy go into a cave i guess this goes back to the kids doing drugs kids doing drugs that's it so exploring the tunnels is possible uh, but a guard is obviously always yeah. the definite. Um, current guards talk of grim discoveries and stories passed down about things that have happened in the tunnels. I'm sure they hammered up a bit for more sales. Obviously, without a doubt. The story I'm going to tell you now has been confirmed. Okay. And also spoken about quite a few times. Whether the details are specifically how it is, it is told in a very creepy way. Okay. I'll try to keep that up. <laughs> Good luck. A story often told is of NKVD Soviet secret police agencies. They're basically in charge of overseeing the prisoners and the labor camps. Approximately 32 members were sent into the catacombs during the rise of the Second World War to sabotage the Romanian allies of the German Nazis who had occupied Odessa. Details of their fates were carefully guarded for years until documents were finally made public. Documents reveal that only one member out of the apparent 32 ever saw light again. According to the remaining member, the groups sent down were divided into two NKVD groups, one from Odessa and one from Moscow. Tensions rose between the two, and due to the atmosphere in the catacombs, a chain of shootings and betrayals developed. Two years later, only the leader of the two groups remained, until the Odessa leader shot his Moscow counterpart. The Odessa leader remained underground alone for another nine months. He eventually emerged to tell his story, but was ultimately sent back into the tunnels a year later, where he ultimately died. Why was he sent back? Because he was sent back to now go and finish his mission. Oh, no. Yeah. Apparently, it was like hectic. They never saw light for two years. Imagine the mental fortitude you have to have to do They're that. Correct. They, 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 they tore each other apart, basically, because there's bickering, there's betrayal. There. Yeah. And he was left alone for nine months, eventually clamored his way out. And they're like, no, 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 get back in. Oof. Local explorers have dedicated most of their lives to the tunnels. Most tours only show you about, and, and this really surprises me. The tours only show you about three kilometers worth of the tunnels. That is a total of 1% of the entire labyrinth. That always freaks me out. It what is are so they hiding? freaky. There's something else going on in there. And what happens if you just take one left turn yeah. and 
take another left turn and try and get right back. And you end up in Pan's Labyrinth, dude. He, I, that creeps. I think that is the worst thing that kind of creeps me out yeah. is the fact that you're walking through something which has no real route. Dude, just getting lost in general is freaky. Yes. Being lost and yeah. not being able to see. Oh, my Lord. Take me now, dude. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm gone. So, like... I was looking through a couple of photos of specifically the Odessa catacombs. And while you're walking through, there's a lot of graffiti on the walls and these old Soviet style cells where they used to house the civilians during the air raids and all of that. And there's actually one corner that is just a pile of those old style gas masks, you know, the really creepy ones with the big eyes and the one center yeah. filter. Yeah. There's a whole pile of them. One of the reporters went through the catacombs with one of the guards and they noticed a section had pulled up quite a bit of water. Now, as we said earlier, the catacombs are like dead quiet. There's no wind. There's no real sound other than you. And they noticed movement in the water. That is freaky. Don't kill me, dude. I would literally just turn around and leave. Even if you couldn't see, even the sound of it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out the guards have started breeding fish oh. as experiments <laughs> in the tunnels. What? They have been doing various different creatures to see what would be able to survive in the dark and weird environment the tunnels. They say, at the moment, fish are the only things that have survived. I've actually seen a few of these things. Yes, fish and maybe, okay, maybe not there, but there's a, I think it's a breed of salamander or something. Yes, it's also yeah, completely yeah. in the dark. Yeah. They're like, they completely look like albinos. They've got no pigment. And I think like the moment you shine light and then it burns them. The catacombs to this day holds a super creepy aura about them and no way to look about it, whether, I mean, even the Roman ones, the, the Paris ones, they're scary. They're, it's, it's this combination of claustrophobia with no sound or too much sound. or yeah. <laughs> And the, the, just the vast emptiness. Well, I suppose you hope it's empty. <laughs> yeah. What freaked me out as above so below is when the lights slowly start to fade. Yeah. I think as I got in there, I'd be like five packs of batteries, <laughs> like water. Come with spotlights, extension cables. Yeah. We go for the long old generator. Apparently with a lot of people that get lost in there, and as I said earlier, with it being heavily protected is the children and the teens coming through. Is It's always like dehydration mm. or something like that because they just walk yeah. and you just keep doing. Well, I mean, let's be real. There's nothing in there. It's going to be, if anything, some feral creatures that have got in, you're going to die from dehydration and starvation. Yeah. And you that's, just don't dive driving yourself yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's terrible. You'll just get exhausted from walking, trying to find your way out. You're going to be so mentally messed up. It's yeah. just all in all a horrible experience. And that's what really gives me the chills know. about this. Not any ghosts or whatever, but no. this actually reminded me as well about a book, which I don't know if you read. Okay. It's a South African book by an author named Robert Hill. Right. It's called Child in Darkness. I read this at school. Okay. And this actually stuck with me. It Probably, I don't know if it's a good or bad book because I did it when I was really young. So kind of a kid's book, I guess, but it was freaky. Cool. This boy, right, he eventually discovered another creature in this cave while he was walking home or something like that. And it was like horribly scary. And then he basically befriended this creature and gave it an apple. And then the creature would take the apple and all kinds oh. of weird stuff. Anyway, it turns out it was this kid who got lost and was stuck inside a cave his whole life could never find his way out and eventually became one with the cave okay kind of like the boy. yeah kind of like a like a Mowgli from Jungle yes. Book of the cave yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. and I think they ended up being a society of people that actually just lived in the cave now Hectic. that i never seen that anyway it was a really weird story but this whole catacomb thing made me think about it because 
What if you got lost in the catacomb, somehow managed to survive eating off cockroaches or something? <laughs> and um, yeah, eventually that was just your way of life. What if deep in there there's like this hidden civilization? But now I've heard specifically in the Paris one that people live down there. Yeah, so in, in the sort of publicly available areas, and maybe just a bit in the outskirts of that, there's a lot of squatting happening. Yeah. Because why not? No one ever goes there, except for the police to find a movie theater. Time to time. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so there's actually quite a bit of graffiti and people have kind of messed it up. Yeah. Uh, As with Odessa ones. Yeah, that's what happens when it becomes touristy and whatever. There are the areas where no one's allowed. And I think the DB go, the more kind of remote it becomes and less likely you are to encounter somebody. Yeah. So who knows, maybe if you are and then you get lost, a squatter will come save your life (laughs) or, you know, murder you. I definitely don't think the squatters are going to be super friendly. No. But it's such a weird thought to think that half of these tunnels, only a portion of them have been touched. Like there's only a specific little amount of it that people have gone through and seen. There's three stories to the Odessa ones. Just stairs made of skulls. (laughs) Yeah. There, there is a bit of machinery and that's driven around because they did use sections of it, specifically during wartime, to, to power certain things. Yeah. It, it is a safe place to put stuff. So when yeah. you're walking through, like all of a sudden you'll see this really old crusty generator. Yeah. So there were ladders in that in-between thing. And that's kind of always freaky to me. It's like no. stuff that's there that doesn't really belong there. Yeah. And that's Spooky Catacombs, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Creeped Out. And I know you are too. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this creepy, creepy story. <laughs> what would you guys do if you were stuck in a catacomb? Da. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, would, I would probably try that technique. You know, you like you put your, your left hand on the wall yeah. and you just walk and eventually any maze will end up coming out. That's a maze. These are catacombs. You just go deeper and deeper into yeah, the Yeah, but catacomb. eventually at some point you're going to do a little turn around and come back. I, these are tunnels. You're just going to get to a dead end. Yeah. Okay, I guess you'll get to the yeah, dead end. Yeah, then you you'll... turn and come back. You'll work. I don't know. Three don't weeks know. later. Yeah, look, if it's, what, 2,000 kilometers? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. you did. <laughs> you did. You didn't make it, man. Sorry. Thanks again, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you like us, you know what to do. <laughs> you can check us out on all major social media platforms at Autopic Podcast. Check us out on our website, autopicpodcast.com, and also give us a follow on Podchaser. It's a pretty cool little social media site for podcasts and all that. You can also email us, community at autopicpodcast.com. Tell us what you would do if you were lost in the catacombs. Or tell us what you would do if you even went there. Are you keen on going there? I don't know. Yeah, maybe you've been. What was your experience like? So get us up on social media. It'd be pretty cool to hear from you guys. It will be indeed. And this is probably the last episode we'll have before the end of the competition. Probably. Well, of when you can still enter anyway. The draw is only at the end of the month. Yeah. But we're going to start looking at the applicants now because it's quite a process. (laughs) So look forward to that and try to get a late entry in if you haven't already. And yeah, until next time, guys, stay fresh. Stay freaky. Bye. Intro like some like order. Yeah. <laughs>